0: Oh, look, I love the cows. Don't get me started on cows. Cows are just incredible creatures and uh, it's such a pleasure and an honour really to work with them.
1: This is The Producers. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Most Wagyu are finished on grain, but deep in the southern forests of Western Australia, Judith Bennett and her husband Richard are raising Wagyu on a rotational grazing system. Grass pastures are paired with their own meadow hay to give their cows a happy, healthy life completely raised on grass, and it delivers a truly unique eating experience.
0: Where we're farming is in the southern forests of Western Australia, uh, in in the southernmost corner, I guess, Uh, and uh, our farm in particular is literally tucked in the middle of a carry forest Uh, In fact, I often joke uh, to people that we live in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, as far as nowhere places go, it's a pretty nice place to live, I must admit. (laughs) Down here, we have very high rainfall and we have beautiful loam clay soils, um, obviously having been originally a forest, uh, the land we are on in particular. And, uh, and it's definitely a great place for raising cattle and growing grass. And in, in fact, we have um, a large number of cattle growers in our region, as well as many other food producers. And the southern forests of Western Australia are pretty much known as the food bowl of Western Australia, so it's becoming a very popular holiday destination um, you know, for agritourism, that sort of thing.
1: Judith and Richard threw in their jobs and adopted the farm life with the goal of producing the best beef possible.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, originally uh, Richard actually is one of nine children <laughs> and I can see why they had nine children <laughs> because it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, we just have, to, we're, we're very blessed actually. We've had a lot of woofers over the years come and help us on the farm um, and I love that because they... Um, you know, bring the world to us as well and we get to share our message of the importance of, you know, natural farming and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, Richard, um, he wanted to become a full-time farmer because like a lot of beef farmers in our region, uh, it's it's hard to be a full-time beef farmer. So he actually is also has his own mobile agricultural repair business. He's a mechanic. And in fact, so am I. (laughs) Over the years, I ended up doing my trade as well to support him with that. Um, So we're quite resourceful people, but I, you know, he wanted to be a full-time farmer. It's his passion, his love. So, you know, I just spent many a night thinking, how can we um, get that to happen for him? And so initially, that's when I thought, okay, what's the best meat in the world? What's the best beef? And of course, discovered Wagyu. And having eaten Wagyu, I could see why. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's when we sort of started that journey quite a few years ago, uh, investing in Wagyu um, with embryos, which is a very expensive process for small farmers, but um, that's what we did. And we've been slowly trying to um, breed our own little herd, which is where we're at now. And, um, yeah, and then we moved across to um, regenerative, When things got sort of tough, um, we had a period where the agricultural repair business wasn't, went quiet actually because of different um, farming um, things that were happening in the region, I guess. And through that, Richard decided to work on the mines for a couple of years. And uh, that meant flying in, flying out, and me becoming a full time farmer, which was, you know, quite daunting. And, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I'm a person, you know, like I said, I came from the corporate world, so it was quite different. I mean, I did have, you know, um, some family farmers sort of out in the wheat belt growing up, so I'd sort of seen a little bit of farming and and I liked the farming life and I certainly love where we live but just having that responsibility was quite scary for me uh so I do what I do and that's do my homework so you know (laughs) so those lonely nights when the children were in bed and um I would research you know farming and different practices and I'd always had a passion for uh natural everything natural anyway it was the way I was raised and uh uh, you know, I'd already, you know, done perm- permaculture design courses and, and a few biodynamic workshops just for fun in Perth because I was interested in it. You know, I'm a lover of learning. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this was something that really resonated with me when I learned about regenerative farming so the key was though to if I could get Richard on board because like I said he's a traditional man who's always done what they've always done so I figured the best way was to bombard him with YouTube videos (laughs) you know on the flight home and all that sort of thing and yeah and so then one day Richard was like wow this is what we have to do and and having said that we we had already been doing a lot of natural things anyway, because, you know, we were trying to grow our own vegetables just for ourselves. We, you know, processed our own meat for ourselves. And, you know, Richard was, you know, he's a healthy kind of guy too, that loves all that sort of thing. So we'd already been using granular fertilizer with microbes coated on it. We used very minimal pesticides. So it wasn't that hard a transition really. Um, but it was the biggest challenge was that rotation of the cattle which is key to regenerative farming is because that's so important and and it's the logistics of that I think that's the thing that's probably scares traditional farmers most is you know it's it's a it's a big change because it's easy just to throw a, a mob of cattle into a big paddock and leave them there for a week until they've eaten all the grass down <laughs> but uh, but we now know that that's not the best way to farm for the land or the cattle so Um, yeah, there is that big change. But um, yeah, so it was through, you know, Richard's love of wanting to be a full-time farmer that we created Belvedere Valley. Um, And Belvedere actually came about because there was a sign, Belvedere, on our farm gate. And and I think it must have been the previous owners. I mean, we live in a region that's about to, a small town that's about to have their 100th anniversary next year. <laughs> so it's not an old region, but um, yeah. And so this this was probably one of the, not the first, but fairly early on farms that were, but I believe Richard's parents cleared a lot of the land, which would have been a mighty job, you know, given we have tall carry trees. So his parents are just just absolute inspirations to us they're still going 88 and 95 so um yeah they are they definitely show us that you know cooking your own food especially um and 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 if you can grow it as well they still grow their own veggies in their little backyard (laughs) so um yeah so it was that belvedere on the gate that we kind of came up with it but um Belvedere farm is actually there's one in over the over eastern states and so we couldn't register that business name so we kind of got the kids together and had a little um, brainstorming session to come up with it and our son suggested Belvedere Valley because he was like mum we look the back of the farm we look down and there's that valley and, and it's absolutely beautiful um, you know we can in the mornings you see the mist rolling over it so that's kind of why we went with that you know
1: Belvedere have two breeds on the farm Angus and Red Wagyu, with the aim to be full
0: blood Wagyu soon. So um, the breed we have, uh, we've decided to focus on <laughs> these days, is our Wagyu. Uh, we have Red Wagyu um, bulls and cows and we also have Angus as well, so we, we have two types of cattle. In that we are calling them Wagyu 50 and Wagyu 100. So our Wagyu 50 are we're crossing our Angus cows with our Wagyu bulls, and then we have our full bloods, which are our Wagyu 100s. And that's ultimately where we're leading to is we'd like to be um, fully Wagyu full bloods 100s. We have just had our on-farm facility approved by our shire. And um, in the next few weeks, we will be uh, processing our first full blood and, uh, and, and uh, our first Wagyu 50. Uh, well, we've actually, we've actually had a number of Wagyu 50 already, but this will be the first time we have a, um, a Wagyu 100. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the difference there, but um, we're very happy with our Wagyu 50 that we have at the moment. We're getting pretty good marbling scores in um, that.
1: Life on the farm for the cattle is pretty good in the southern forest.
0: Yeah, look, I think that's um, something that um, we're very passionate about is um, how we care for our cattle. Uh, One thing that um, is that uh, we rotate our cows every day. It's, you know, first job up in the morning is moving the cows. And that gives us an opportunity to, to see them, see how they're, how well they are, how happy they are, and also how the, the land is going as well, which is a very important part of that regenerative um, farming is making sure we're leaving enough behind. And um, so they're rotated every day. Um, and also part of having lifetime on pasture wagu is that they uh, kept on farm for three years. That's part of how we have to... Um, yeah, because it's the only way we can get the natural marbling uh, on grass and that's probably why we're one of the very few people <laughs> uh, doing this as, um, as our major um, beef product really. Uh, you, know, uh, the, you know, there's a few people in Western Australia that you know, say they do the Wagyu and most of that's um, like grass-fed, most of it would be um, a 1st cross. Um, but, yeah, it's not something that you see consistently on grass because it, it is difficult to do. You've got to keep them so much longer. So, And, of course, keeping an animal for three years, there's also risks of them getting sick or getting snake bite Or you know, So there is a high risk for us doing this. Um, but it's just, you know, I sort of looked at what's the ultimate animal I would want to have and eat myself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I... I love it. I think it's personally. I'm not a an, um, a marbling score of nine kind of Wagyu person. That's not to my taste. Um, you know, some people love that, uh, but yeah. So for me, even with our um, Wagyu fifties that we've got already, the the tenderness, the the marbling, that and you get that beefy flavour from the grass fed. It's just such an amazing combination. I love it and yeah and my guests <laughs> um have really loved it as well, so I, you know I feel like we're on a winner, and look it's it's not easy, and I think that's something that people have to understand. there's going to be a price tag on that, and that's that's just the way it is if you want you know animals that have cared for in such a way where there's no chemicals, no pesticides. Um, we only use all natural inputs um, and a lot of them we make on farm ourselves as well. You know, Richard makes his own fish emulsion. He makes his own compost teas. And and we're continually learning too about what else we can do. Um, so we're really trying to keep it this little tiny spot in the middle of the forest that's protected and the animals are protected. And, yeah, so, yeah, that's something that we're really passionate about and... And learning and and hopefully others will um, appreciate that and yeah reap the benefits as well in beautiful meat <laughs> it's like us I suppose we are what we eat and it's the same with animals and you know this is a um, you know we were originally traditional farmers Richard um, you know followed in his father how he farmed um, and you know through the processes we've moved over to regenerative and you know, again, is that learning curve and it's something that every farm is different, you know, the, the soils are different, the locations are different, the rainfall's is different um, and there's a lot of variables and that's something we're still working on but it's important to get, um, you know, the variety in the grasses um, is good for the soil, also the animals to make sure they're getting everything they need. Um, so, you know, like most regenerative farmers where we're doing lots of trials and experimenting to see what works, we have lowlands in the summer. Um, in That's where the valley comes from, I guess. We And down there we will, um, you know, irrigate grass there. We have spring-fed dams, so we irrigate that to bring some more higher protein grasses in for the cattle, you know, um, to keep that up. And But, yeah, it's um, – I, I think the – yeah, importance is that they have plenty of grass and they're relaxed, I think is really important part of that process as well. And it's time, patience, 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 <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, and just monitoring them, watching them. And I mean, Richard is such a visual person too. So he's, you know, he's the man on the ground really who, I mean, I'm a city girl originally. So um, it's been a big learning curve for me, but You know, Richard's born and raised here and that's what I said to him when we moved to Regenerative. I said, you're the one that's going to make this successful because you know every bit of this land you've been farming it your whole life. Uh, And his his passion for it um, is what keeps me going too, really.
1: Working on the farm and producing the best quality Wagyu is one thing, but Judith is building a brand that chefs can trust too.
0: Well, we actually haven't started selling our branded beef yet um, since we've moved over to the Wagyu. Uh, We used to sell to Woolworths when we just had Angus beef or first, you know, Angus cross beef, um, the traditional way. And that was another reason why we wanted to start branding our own beef, you know, to try and get a little bit of that um, back in our pocket. Um, And so it was last year I did a program with... Farmers to Founders, uh, which is a great um, organization that helps support farmers uh, who want to value add their product. That was, um, yeah, a definite shout out to them. They do a great job. And yeah, we definitely learned a lot <laughs> about, you know, setting up your own branded beef business. And uh, I don't think we'd be as far today if it wasn't for their support, which is great. And George Geckers for Battalia. Um he, he was just an amazing mentor for us as well that so really got um, the firecracker up, Richard, so to speak, and, um, yeah, get things going. So we're at the stage now, like I said, we've just had our um, on-farm facility um, registered with the Shire. They're super happy with what we've done, and I think this is where Richard's um, mechanical expertise has come in He's Great at problem solving, super creative, and very meticulous. And uh, you know, our local health manager was blown away at um, yeah the detail he's put into it and the professionalism for a small on-farm facility. So we're super excited to um, you know get the the first lot of animals into the call room very soon. So you know, keep your eye on our social media. You're going to see some stuff coming up soon. <laughs> Oh look it's um it's been amazing it's been a huge roller coaster huge learning curve for me um but you know like Richard I'm very passionate about the environment and caring for the world we live in and and I just feel like this is I finally found I think my purpose you know something that I can do to give back to the world you know and you know and teach my kids it's not just about us it's about everyone and and to find a product that's um you know healthy and good for us as well but amazing in taste and yeah i look i loved city life when i was living there um i wouldn't change that but um yeah there's nothing like the country life <laughs> as long as you're prepared for hard work because it is that too <laughs> i don't want to glorify it too much for people because you know it's it's like the the old thing everyone goes oh thank god it's friday well oh no i'm a farmer <laughs>
1: Versatility and bold flavour of grass fed wagyu means you can get the best out of just about every cut.
0: Oh, the best eating experience. I don't know. I love food, so <laughs> in general, so it's really hard. But I just, it, just a funny story with it though. I remember, um, you know, when our kids were young, they're, they're not so keen on a, a big piece of steak or something like that although Richard would love to have that every night. Um, But so often when Richard would process just for ourselves, he would, I would say to him with things like oyster blade steak, I would say, just mince it all up. You know, the kids love tacos, all that kind of thing. Um, But anyway, with our Wagyu, Richard said, oh, look look at the oyster blade. And I'm like, oh, my God, look at that marbling. (laughs) It's amazing. And because I'm actually starting to learn about the beef cuts now, you know. I mean, in the city, I tended to just eat. I wasn't keen on beef, actually, when I was in the city, to be honest. It was more chicken and fish. And maybe when I went out, I'd buy like a small fillet steak or something because I was, maybe because I wasn't very good at cooking. I don't know. But when I first came down south and I first tasted, even just the grass-fed beef in our region is is pretty damn nice. I've got to say, I know I love ours, but I've got to admit, everyone else's um, just grass-fed beef in general is just an incredible taste. And I think that's what I'd been—I'd been eating grain-fed for so long, I didn't know what grass-fed tasted like. So I was amazed how much more flavour it had. To be honest, um, yeah. So with ours, with the oyster blade, with our wagyu, it's obviously being a th- uh, well. The one, the three-year-old animal was quite a bit bigger. So with the oyster blade, I just cut the sinew out the middle and then you've actually got two quite long big pieces of steak and I just thinly sliced that and just seared it in the pan and threw it in the stir fry and, oh, my God, I think that is my most favourite cut of meat right now. I mean, it's interesting. I've noticed now they actually, it's because it's chuck. Oh, no, sorry. The other one I do is chuck and they call it a Denver steak that you know and that is another incredibly marbled ours is amazingly marbled and uh, yeah so there's yeah I'm learning I'm still learning there's so much to learn about meat and the different cuts you can do it's um yeah I'm really excited with um, and I'm really excited to for the chefs that uh, to get hold of it to see what they can do with it because we I have a few chefs already that that um, have actually contacted us that are really keen to get their hands on it. And these are chefs that actually have, you know, quite large restaurants and they understand that we only have very limited supply, uh, but they still want it, you know, they want to be able to do, you know, I guess like a special event, you know, introducing the product and the farmer. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to where we can go with that. And, um, Get it out there.
1: The future is looking bright for Belvedere Valley with a unique and limited Wagyu product.
0: We're probably only going to have about 24 animals a year. And um, and of course the, and then we're going to have, this is the, the one that so many of them want to get onto is our vintage. This seems to be a really big thing in Europe is vintage meat. And uh, we have vintage Wegu as well. So there's, I think there's going to be a fight on for those. <laughs> um, yeah, so you've got, to, you know, we've, we've got people that we've spoken to about it and they'll, they're like, I want to be on the list. You know, so put me on the list. <laughs> so even like suppliers of different things we need. You know, vacuum sealing. You know, people are like, oh my god, my wife used to have a Japanese restaurant in Germany. You know, we would love some of your meat. Can you put us on the list? You know, like so. Yeah. So it's um yeah it's going to be interesting to see where we go, but we're definitely looking first up at restaurants that have that same passion for the environment and and, and animal welfare, uh, yeah, and that have customers that really appreciate the effort that goes into producing those animals. So, yeah, exciting times ahead, I think.
1: Although Judith loves the farm life, she has come to realise how incredible cows are.
0: Oh, look, I love the cows. Don't get me started on cows. Cows... Cows are just incredible creatures, and uh, it's such a pleasure and an honour really to work with them. And um, and they are just like people; they have personalities, you know. And it's interesting. I'll tell you a little story, which is going to make my eldest daughter totally cringe because <laughs> she hates it when I say this. She thinks it's quite derogatory to women, but I don't think it is. But It's like I always joke and say that, you know, Richard's cows always come first, you know, and they do for me too really. But I say I want to get myself a little pair of gold earrings with like a a cattle tag and with a number one on it just to remind my husband that I'm his number one cow. (laughs) But, but you know what? Cows have always had this term like, oh, you're a cow, like it's a bad thing. But you know what? Cows are, are amazing. You know, they are strong. They are protective. They um, are super um, resourceful. You know, they're, they're incredible creatures. So I'm quite happy to be named, you know, titled a cow, you know, as long as I'm the number one. <laughs> But, you know, the cows are great. Like we we had a funny situation. Richard recorded one morning he was out moving the cows and he sent it to me and and we'd had the bulls out with the girls. So that's a pretty exciting time for them. And he was trying to move them into, he sort of just dropped the electric fence, the gateway to move them into the, the next pasture. And the bull wouldn't let them in. He was literally standing there and and kept guarding them I'm like no these are my girls they can't come in so, <laughs> he was worried he was going to lose them you know so yeah and uh it, it's just great and i love it when the calves have been just had their evening drink you know they all seem to go to mums at the same time and they just run around crazy afterwards with all these yippie beans and and they mimic the bulls you know they'll They'll, you know, headbutt each other, and it's just amazing. I, I just love watching them. I could do it all day, but that won't get the work done.
1: <laughs> Judith and Richard are the epitome of small-scale farming concerned with the environment, delivering the best life for the animals, and a product that is truly special. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of producers, farmers, makers, and growers. The true lifeblood of the food industry. Follow us on Instagram at producerspodcast or email us at
0: producerspodcast at deepentheweeds.com.au.